Welcome back to Draft Fights. My name is Walter, and the fantasy football season's almost here upon us. Yes, 2021 is coming quick, and since it's coming so fast, we better talk running backs, right? Because they seem to be a very important part of fantasy. Uh, who are you going to take if you're taking number one overall in fantasy? Probably a running back, right? And, but who is the number one running back? I think that's a bigger question for concern, right? Uh, is it last year's uh, number one standard scorer in fantasy, Derrick Henry? Is it last year's uh, fantasy, you know, uh, FanDuel and DraftKings and PPR Wonderling? Uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook is in that argument. What about uh, Christian McCaffrey, who the two years prior to last year was a fantasy starlet, although last year didn't play very much at all, uh, did try coming back, did not work well for him. Uh, so are we concerned with the Christian McCaffreys of the world? And I, I think, let's go right down the list. You know, the, the five guys who I think have an argument for being number one in fantasy are Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey has a very good argument be, to being the returner for, you know, uh, top in fantasy because of his, you know, his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. We saw him do it for two years, be a very good fantasy weapon. Now, here's the thing. You know, again, you missed out on him last year because of injury. If you took him number one overall, you probably felt a lot of pain over it. Are you willing to go back to that well, taking him that high? Um, I get why people would be concerned. Uh but he's still a very good player. He's had, you know, all different ranges of quarterbacks with uh, Kyle Allen, and now, you know, now he's gonna have Sam Darnold as his guy. Seems like there's a lot going on with the Panthers that I'm not necessarily always in love with, but it seems like a team that's trying to get on the right track. Uh, let's go to the next few guys, and maybe we'll see if you know some of them can maybe uh, bump Christian McCaffrey down. Actually, I think a guy who has a very good argument is Nick Chubb, right, of the Cleveland Browns. I know I'm wearing the hat. I'm biased, all that stuff. Go ahead, throw the tomatoes at me. It's fine. But Nick Chubb is coming back to a, a top offensive line. He is a dynamic runner. Uh, again, guy who can turn a small run into a 90-yard run. Um, maybe out of all these guys, you know, outside of Derrick Henry, maybe the the one that's probably the least best pass catcher, like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, all very good pass catchers out of the backfield. Not that Nick Chubb hasn't had some of his own highlight reel catches uh, down the field, out in the backfield, uh, also in screen pass game. You know, he's had a few very good times where he's, you know, again, especially as a screen pass runner, I, I think he's going to be very, uh, very useful there. Uh, the offense is coming back all together. You know, it's nothing's really missing. They're getting Odell back. So now, you know, whereas you saw last year towards the end of the year, teams started cheating and dropping guys into the box to try to, you know, slow down Nick Chubb. Well, you can't do that if you have Odell, and then you also got a 4-2-2 speedster, Anthony Schwartz. So Nick Chubb's got a lot of things going for him. And and I know a lot of people worry about Kareem Hunt, but again, he was a top. He was an RB one last year, and he missed four games, and that was sharing a backfield with Kareem Hunt. So I feel Nick Chubb. You know, I, I feel like he's got a lot of good things going for him. Dalvin Cook, right? Minnesota Vikings has a very good argument for number one overall. My biggest concern, if you're worried about injury concerns with Christian McCaffrey. You know, Dalvin Cook has had his own, you know, history of injury. You know, his first two years in the NFL was marred with injury. Uh, when he was uh, in his, the whole reason why he fell to the second round was also partially because of injury as well. So 
injury concerns are going to be a big deal with Dalvin Cook. You're always going to be worried if he's going to re-injure that. And all these guys are going to have some range of injury concern because they're running backs in the NFL. Injuries 100 in the NFL, and running backs a position that takes a pounding. Derrick Henry, uh, last year's standard uh, running back in fantasy uh, champion, uh, and again, a uh, again, very good running back, uh, but he's losing out Arthur Smith. So you're losing a very important piece of your play calling for that offense. I think that's a big deal. Um, and, and if you're in a PPR league, I almost absolutely think I have to lean towards some other guys because just the, the differential in points that you can get with an Alvin Kamara, a Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook, or even Nick Chubb, who has been very solid as a PPR player, I think that what they just do is such a, you know, the dynamic, the, the, the amount that you lose in points with Derrick Henry, I still think he's going to make a good argument for being a top five to seven pick. Um, Alvin Kamara uh, no longer has Drew Brees. Now he's getting Jameis Winston. If you think back, Jameis Winston's had some successful running backs, you know, especially Doug Martin uh, the one year. So I'm not overly concerned. If, if Jameis Winston, basically any Kamara stock owner wants Jameis Winston to be the quarterback because we saw what happened with Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. It did not look pretty. Michael Thomas might be out for a bit. We saw Kamara's usage go up with no Michael Thomas last year. Uh, I don't know how that'll work with a Jameis Winston-led offense, but I do think it's something that we have to kind of put in the back of our heads. Very good offensive line in New Orleans, so I'm not concerned about that. They always seem to invest on the offensive line as well. Uh, I think Aaron Jones also has an argument for RB1 in fantasy as well. No more Jamal Williams. He's going to be, you know, another dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, just, again, another dynamic weapon. The offensive line, they're, you know, they constantly kind of throw some new, different, interesting resources at it. They brought in Dennis Kelly recently. They have Elkton Jenkins. They have Billy Price. They have a lot of offensive linemen that are like, okay, like I feel good with this guy or that guy. And Bakhtiari is coming off an injury, so maybe you know there might be a little bit of concern about his timetable. But overall, I kind of like what they have as the offensive line. I like the offense. Aaron Rodgers is back, and Aaron Rodgers' caddy is a good job in the NFL. Uh, you know, is the uh, is the the second year running back over there going to be a big concern? He could be. You know, the last year's rookie who they took in the second round. I could he be a big concern to Aaron Jones's play time? Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, I think it could be a concern, but I also think. Is it a huge concern? No, because Aaron Jones was sharing a backfield with Jamal Williams, and he was splitting it way more with Jamal Williams for the first, you know, his first big year in fantasy. So I'm not all that concerned with Aaron Jones. Jonathan Taylor, I have I've been quoted. I after watching his tape, I did all the rookie and not the rookie, but the year two running backs tapes. Man, if there's a guy who looks like a Nick Chubb clone, it's Jonathan Taylor. Now the concerns with Jonathan Taylor, we just heard Carson Wentz might have some feet issues or a foot issue. Um, I don't know what his deal is with feet, but let's leave it at that. Um, but with uh, Jonathan Taylor, he's got a, a good offensive line. We saw that offensive line last year be very good. Now left tackle, you know, Costanzo's gone. Now, you know, they, they sign Eric Fisher, who's going to start out on the pop. I'm not overly eager about that left tackle situation. But the other four spots, you know, they just extended the right tackle um, Brian Kelly is going to be missing a couple weeks of camp, but overall, I'm not super concerned about the offensive line with Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Brand Smith. You know, hopefully they figure out the left tackle situation. Hopefully Carson Wentz, uh, you know, is a little bit healthier than we are. You know, maybe things get a little bit better. Uh, 
And those top seven guys, I think, all have a solid argument. Now, I think Jonathan Taylor probably isn't going to go number one. I think Aaron Jones, if somebody took Aaron Jones number one overall, I wouldn't be shocked. If they took Aaron Jones ahead of Kamara and Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so I think there's seven guys there who all are like this certified, I like it in RB1 fantasy this year. Um, like I, I have no, if you took any of those in the top seven, I think those are going to be the top seven picks, those seven guys, the top seven picks in fantasy. Um, then becomes the question of, you know, the next four guys, right? Um, Antonio Gibson, I, I've been playing with his spot all day long, all week long, all month long, because I like Antonio Gibson. I like his tape a lot. Um, I could pull back to, I, again, if you've been watching the TikToks and the YouTubes, uh, I'll tell you this much. I've been doing a lot of videos recently, and Antonio Gibson was a guy who I was quite the excited player on, right? Um, and in fact, Gibson and Mixon remind me a lot of each other, right? Gibson kind of reminds me of an early stage Joe Mixon. Zeke Elliott, you know, I think he has an argument for being RB8. Uh, Saquon Barkley... I, you know, I have my concerns with Saquon. Again, two years in a row, health concerns. Am I really going to be leaping at grabbing him? Uh, is he, you know, he's starting out the offseason on the pop. Now, that doesn't really mean he can't be back to full form eventually. But there are concerns there. The offensive line there is not great. Uh, you know, he's a guy who really benefited from being just such a different level dynamic athlete. Uh, that if he's missing a little bit of that athleticism and that offensive line is not good and that offense becomes dysfunctional under Garrett, there's a lot that can go wrong there. So I get a little concerned with Saquon. Zeke Elliott, it's just that he's been, you know, he's been taking the beating. So is that offensive line. Um, Zach Martins, I think, starting off the uh, the offseason a little slow, I think. I think he'll be ready for the start of the season. You know, you have Leo Collins. You have to, uh, you have uh, Tyron Smith. You know, you have a lot of good pieces there as far as the offensive line goes. Uh, so Zeke Elliott can probably return to form. Getting Dak Prescott back, that's going to be a big deal. I think, you know, that he, when the offense was effective, I think that makes it a, a whole different animal for Dak Prescott. So there's four guys who you can put them 8 through 10 or even 11, and I don't have an argument against any of them. I like Joe Mixon a lot. I think the issue with Joe Mixon's been health. The Bengals are a shit show. Um, it's strange to say the Washington football team is less of a shit show, but it kind of is. The Cowboys, you know, Zeke is a core piece of that offense as long as he's healthy. Now, again, you're talking about years and years of wear and tear, him you know, having to kind of be the elite ball carrier there. Getting Dak Prescott's going to be big for them, getting him back. But you don't know, maybe they start uh, – throwing in a little bit of Tony Pollard in there. Um, you know, he showed a little bit of dynamicism out of the backfield for them. And like I said, I already aired my concerns with Saquon Barkley. So those four guys, I I really like I really like what Antonio Gibson puts on film. Uh as I will put I'll bring up his thing here. Um Kind of like how Taylor is Nick Chubb 2.0 and Cam Akers is a discount Nick Chubb. Antonio Gibson is Mixon 2.0 and Moss is a discount Mixon. I don't know why I'm slandering Zach Moss right now. But uh, he has he has good leg drive, power, and vision. Decent. Uh, oh, and this is, uh, that's why I'm so confused. I'm looking at that. Okay. 
Antonio Gibson is Joe Mixon 2.0. He has every trait you want in fantasy for a running back. The ability to turn negative plays into neutral plays, neutral plays into huge gainers. He is an asset as a pass catcher and creates explosive play after explosive play. He has the strength and power to bowl you over, but also the athleticism and explosiveness to just make defenders miss. If there is any pick in the second round uh, that Gibson is there, I am jumping on him stat. Now, I do concern myself a little bit with the offensive line in Washington. They got rid of Morgan Moses. Now they're expecting Samuel Cosme and Charles Leno to be their starting tackles. That's not exciting. Sheriff is there. I think he'll be fine. They do have Sadiq Charles who they drafted last year. They have a couple of other guys in the room for that offensive line. I'm not overly concerned. A lot of those guys are going to be returning. Uh, Cornelius Lucas, a couple of other guys. I I think that there's a a good argument, though, here for Antonio Gibson being RB8. Um... So those four guys are the next tier down. Maybe they're elite players on not great teams. Maybe there's some concern around them, offensive line concerns, this and that. Um, but I think they all have a very good argument for being uh, an RB1 in fantasy. I think I would feel fine with them as my RB1. Saquon's the one I'm actually the most concerned about of, of all four of them. I know you know Mixon's had his injury concerns as well. And yeah, you know, we can probably look at repeat for that as well. After those four, right, now we're down to RB12. There are five guys here that I think have all the burgers and fries that you can honestly want as a running back. Uh, DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is probably the one that I favor the most out of these next five guys. Let me pull up Swift's uh, stuff that I wrote down on him. Perfect do-it-all back, whether it's lateral agility or catching out of the backfield. He has top-notch vision, and the athleticism make the cuts that he desires. He can create real angle problems for defenders trying to close in, especially if he's moving horizontally. His change of direction skills are pretty amazing. Uh, I've talked about the offensive line looks. That it looks like it's going to be a strength. And while they did sign Jamal Williams, I think he's going to just be a piece of that backfield. He's not going to be the whole whole chicken, if you will. They kicked the tires on Todd Gurley, but I think the fact that they didn't sign him is a good sign. Uh, they cut on Johnson. Again, another good sign. They feel very comfortable with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, and both those guys can catch out of the backfield. Anthony Lynn is the perfect play caller for DeAndre Swift, especially when you think of the Arby's who flourished under Lynn, Austin Eckler, LaShawn McCoy. There's a lot of LaShawn McCoy in Swift's game. His hands with his ability to catch out of the backfield, line out outside, uh, you know, actually run solid routes, I think makes him such a great player for PPR in fantasy. Uh, the only concern I have is the fumbles and just, you know, the offense itself. Like, is it going to be a shit show because of Jared Goff? You know, was, was McVay just the one who knew the trick and just now everybody's figured it out? Or is Anthony Lynn and uh, Matt Campbell going to go ahead and take over and just be crazy good with this team? I think it's quite possible. Or, again, like maybe, you know, we'll see. Maybe he overcomes the Jared Goff experiment. I think it's also very possible. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the next guy on the list. Uh you know, he's a guy, he's got very good lateral agility and great hands out of the backfield. He doesn't have, like, the greatest burst or speed, but he's got decent burst. He's got, and I don't think he's got great long speed, but, he, you know, he can break one away every once in a while. Uh, he'll continue to be a, a good back for the Chiefs and a mismatched weapon out of the backfield. Um, I do see issues with his game, especially in between the tackles and especially when guys start dropping down to the box, getting the hard yards. 
But I think he's also a unique weapon. Again, a good pass catcher out of the backfield, a good, really good lateral agility, very good contact balance, good hands. Um, his play strength is good for his size. So that's kind of like, you know, like, but he's not huge. Again, you're talking about a guy who's not the biggest running back in the world. Very reminiscent of a Ray Rice kind of guy. Um, very good quick cutting ability. Can break a 30-yard run and juke out DBs. But uh, it's it's his ability to kind of, again, his lateral agility is what makes him so good. The downside is, is that he just does not have that long speed to just totally take something to the house purely on that. Now, he he can also continue to make defenders miss downfield, and that's what he will do to get those bigger runs. But he just doesn't have that, I'm going to go ahead and outrun the whole defense element to his game. But, you know, you also got to talk about the fact that he is on the Chiefs. They invested a little bit in the offensive line. Uh, I do think that adds to that a little bit. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes is your quarterback. You're the guy catching balls from him out of the backfield. You're running the ball in between the 20. So he's going to rack up points. He's going to be maybe one of the biggest debates as far as RB2s in fantasy to RB1, that fringe category, right? That's what this all is. These five guys are the fringe of the the RB1s, right? Fringe RB1, RB2 guys, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, the next couple guys on this list, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, right? And I don't know... Uh, you know, you can make the argument that Dobbins should be ahead of CEH if you talk about pure ability. Um... And I think that's a very good argument. And Josh Jacobs, if we're talking about pure about Josh Jacobs, I have a lot more concerns about um, because the offensive line's gone through way more of a, a changeover, and he doesn't have anything there that makes me think like he can overcome it. For instance, J.K. Dobbins, yes, he has a big turnover in the offensive line, but he also has Lamar Jackson as his running back, uh, as his quarterback. And when you share a backfield with an, a mobile quarterback, it kind of helps the offensive line and the running game and the running backs in the backfield. You know, Dobbins, his one concern, I think, really has been, you know, maybe he doesn't have the greatest long speed, but he's got great bursts, great vision, great lateral agility, good contact balance. Um, He's actually kind of, you know, not for nothing, CEH and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I think Dobbins is just the bigger version of CEH. Um, I think he's, I think, I do think Dobbins is faster than CEH. Uh, and again, I think he's got better contact balance, better play strength, uh, elite lateral agility, um, doesn't have elite breakaway speed. But again, he kind of reminds me of early stage Zeke Elliott. So if you loved Zeke Elliott a couple of years ago, that's J.K. Dobbins. He just has that, you know, I'm going to keep the trains running on time, even if not everything's going my way. Uh, he does have Gus Bus Edwards back there, who I do think is going to be a little bit of a, you know, a He's going to take some balls from him, but he's not going to be the only... Again, he's just, he's going to be a piece. He's not going to... I don't think he's stealing every, everything away from J.K. Dobbins. Um, there are a few plays of him running into blockers. He did get a case of the drops. He's every once in a while dropped quite a few balls here and there. Um, you know, but still solid pass catcher, good vision, good lateral quickness and contact balance. Um, I do like that they signed uh, Zeitler and they drafted Cleveland... Um, I'm not a huge fan of the tackle, tackles that aren't Ronnie Stanley. Uh, Villanueva is kind of getting over the hill. If Lamar Jackson is injured, and in fact, Lamar Jackson hasn't even practiced yet so far in camp because he had the COVID, uh, he's on the COVID list. Um, you know, a little bit of the split with Gus Edwards, but it's going to be better than it was last year because you don't have Mark Ingram there, and now he's going to be year two in this offense. So, 
you know, I can easily make the argument that he's the top guy of these, you know, again, RB11. You could even make the argument that he should be in the next tier up with uh, J.K. Dobbins. But it becomes questions of what happens if Lamar goes down. It, you know, is the offensive line additions that they've made enough with Cleveland and, and Zeitler? And what's the center situation going to be like? J- Josh Jacobs concerns me a lot, right? We'll talk Josh Jacobs of the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, offensive line-wise, they lost a lot of pieces. I did a sh- I've done tons of short videos on all, a lot of these players already. Uh, I talked a little bit about the turnover there. Trent Brown's gone. Rodney Hudson's gone. Jo- uh, Gabe Jackson's gone. They did extend Colton Miller. They brought back uh, Richie Incognito. They signed Nick Martin. They do have Andre James in the building. They have Denzel Good. Uh, they drafted uh, Alex Leatherwood. So there's a lot of pieces there, but like it went from an offensive line that if they were all healthy and on paper, looked really kind of good. Maybe they just never all played together or were all fully healthy, Trent Brown. Um, but the, I do think now that when you look at the, on paper, the range of outcomes is way bigger, you know, incognito much older now. So I don't know if he's going to make it through a season anyway. Uh, Andre James, we barely seen him play in the NFL. Nick Martin could be a fine pass blocker. Um, we don't know what Alex Leatherwood is in the NFL. He's a rookie. Uh, and then Denzel Good was, eh, he's okay. He's, a, he's you know, he's a backup. He's a certified backup. You know, you don't, you don't want him being your starter all the time. So becomes quite a bit of a concern outside Colton Miller for Josh Jacobs. Uh, Miles Sanders is another guy who I actually think I kind of, I, I underrated him going into this offseason, right? I actually, I liked him a lot last year. I didn't do my tape study until the end of June of Miles Sanders, and I was in a draft, and I'm, I'm now kicking myself because I didn't take Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is dynamic, right? His vision got better in 2020. It is hands down true. He, and when you have his acceleration and his long speed and, and his burst and his ability to catch out of the backfield, now you add in the fact that actually he kind of fully understands, like, you know, the NFL, the offense that he's in, well, now he's going to be in a little bit of different of an offense. But when you throw all these pieces together, Miles Sanders, you know, could easily have been – RB8, but it, the problems, you know, everything around him, right? Who's the quarterback? Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, Jalen Hurts. None of those guys excite me for uh, for what Miles Sanders could be. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts because he does have a little bit of the legs to him. So, again, a running quarterback, I was saying it before, can help a little bit, but he's more of a Tyrod Taylor kind of running quarterback, not a Lamar Jackson running quarterback. So you're still going to get a little bit more out of him. And, again, you know, we'll see if Jalen Hurts develops, then Miles Sanders could be a steal at RB14 or RB15 or RB13. So, you know, the things that Miles Sanders can do on the field, not every running back can do. That burst, that vision, that that all those things combined as a weapon, he is dynamic. And again, I want him, you know, you could easily talk me into him as RB8 if it was a different team. If Carson Wentz was back and I felt like the offensive line was fully healthy and I felt fully good about that offense. Miles Sanders could be way up here. Um, and you definitely, you know, and again, right now I have him more RB13, RB14. You know, do you put him ahead of Clyde Edwards Alaire? I could see the argument. Ahead of Dobbins, I could see the argument. Ahead of Josh Jacobs, I could see the argument. Then these five guys, like I said, they got all the burgers, they just don't have all the fries. So um, the next two guys I have on the list are Najee Harris at 16. Um, I think this is even high for him here. Uh, but we do know he's going to get all the carries. I, you know, I think he's more Kareem Hunt in the NFL of like 
very good, good contact bounce, can catch out of the backfield, and I think they're going to utilize him like that. So, again, like you can make the argument he should be higher, but I've at least seen these other guys play in the NFL. You know, you can make an argument for him ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I would get it. Um, you can make the argument ahead, uh, for him ahead of Josh Jacobs and Marl Sanders. But then, now we're getting into the the only one of those guys that I put ahead of him that isn't based purely on ability, because I think Swift, Jacobs, Sanders, and Dobbins all have really good ability, right? They might have a wart on their tape, you know, here or there, or they might ha- they might be missing an elite trait, or, again, with Miles Sanders, it's just the shit around him. Uh, Najee Harris, he's got a lot of shit around him. He's got Ben Roethlisberger, who's like, you know, 72 years old, who thinks he could still play quarterback. Uh, an offensive line is probably not going to be a very good run-blocking offensive line and might be serviceable as pass blockers. You know, maybe they try to get him more as a, a pass catcher out of the backfield. I get the arguments there. So I, I like Najee Harris. I think that's, you know, I, I think of him as more of the fringe RB2 category. Like, again, more of like the mid-RB2 because you think he can maybe be an RB1, right? That's what you're hoping for. I just think the offensive line there is not great. Uh, after him is Austin Eckler. Um, I have a little bit more concerns with Austin Eckler. You know, last year he, he missed some time. He misses time quite a bit. You know, he's not a big dude. Good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh... I, I don't know. I Eckler, I always feel weird where I rank him because I always feel like he's an RB2 being an RB2. And, yes, some years he'll have some good years in fantasy. And, like, the stat sheet will say he was not an RB2, which is fine. But when you draft him, you better draft him like he's an RB2 because there's just so many things that go into that. It's like, you know, just because a guy finishes the year as, like, an RB1 doesn't, you know, there's a reason why, you know, and maybe you are drafting Nick, uh, Derek Henry as RB1 this year, even though because he was an RB1 last year. If you're going purely off of, you know, last year's points, why you listen to any podcast? Just look at last year's points. There's a reason why we don't do that. We're trying to prognosticate. Uh, Eckler I get a little concerned with. Next one down is Travis Etienne. I think he should, you know, again, another guy I get a little bit more concerned about, you know, knowing the maybe some of the decision-making concerns. What are they going to do with Jacksonville? I have Kareem Hunt after him. I think Kareem Hunt, you know, is going to be an RB2 in fantasy. I think he's going to be at least an RB2, a serviceable RB2, and that's if Nick Chubb is healthy the whole year. Because we saw it last year, and they like to throw him out of the backfield, and he'll get some, you know, he'll get a whole series to himself, and he'll get a whole quarter to himself, and... He's a piece of that offense. They paid him to be a piece of that offense. They want him there. Um, they clearly like those two running backs. They want to utilize them. So I have Kareem Hunt at right now RB19. You could probably kick him up to RB16. I wouldn't be shocked by it. And I think of these five guys here from RB16, which is Najee Harris and Austin Eckler, and, and actually I'd probably could put Kareem Hunt in front of all those guys. I would, you know, I at least know what I'm getting with Kareem Hunt. I know, I'm a, I'm a Browns homer, blah, blah, blah. But again, so RB16 for me right now is Kareem Hunt, then Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, and Devin Singletary. Those are the guys who I feel like the most comfortable with as far as, you know, David Montgomery's probably in this area as well. Um, you know, the I, I think David Montgomery's probably... You know, in this 20, you know, the the 15, the 16 to 21 range, the 16 to 22 range is very, very murky, right? You have Chris Carson here, David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt. 
so many pieces here that could be all over for a lot of teams, and I don't know where you want to really put them, but I have Kareem Hunt as RB16, Najee Harris. I might move Eckler and ETN down and move, you know, Mike Davis played pretty well last year. I did, you know, his, his tape check was pretty solid. Um, David Montgomery was, you know, I, I think he did take a step forward. Is he going to be, you know, it comes down to who's playing in that offense. You know, the offensive line's a little messy still there. Are they going to really lean entirely on Montgomery the way they did last year, like they did when they had Trubisky there? Uh, if Fields is on the field, I start getting a lot more excited for David Montgomery because, like I said before, Fields is a very dynamic athlete as a as a runner. Uh, Javante Williams I wanted to touch on. I have him at RB24 right next to Melvin Gordon at RB25. This is where it becomes kind of the question mark category. I, ha I have to take Akers out on here. So... You know, now we're talking about guys who are splitting backfields. We don't know the usage. Javante Williams is uh, the rookie that they drafted. Uh, I think the the Denver Broncos. I think he's going to be very important for fantasy. I might like Javante Williams ahead of ETN on film, uh, ahead of Najee Harris on film. So I like Javante Williams, and I I just don't know the usage. He might be a little bit later of the season kind of guy. Um. Henderson's kind of in this category of RB2 of like 20 to 26 where, you know, do you, you know, at this stage, you know, he's a, he's a full-time starter. So he probably should be higher at this point. So maybe you would move him up to like 20 or 19 ahead of guys like Singletary. And uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, and maybe that's what I'll do is, you know, I'm going to post these ranks uh, and we'll, we'll get to see them. But again, like, you know, like I would put him right here, right next to Singletary and Mike Davis and Chris Carson and David Montgomery, right before we get to the split backfield of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at 25 and 26. Um, Zach Moss, I have at 27. Michael Carter, I have at 28. I would maybe move Michael Carter up. I think I like Michael Carter a lot. I think he's in the right situation. I don't think there's anything there that prevents me from wanting to have Michael Carter. They took him in the fourth round, but they were probably comfortable taking him in the third. Miles um, Gaskin and Chase Edmonds are in this range of guys. Again, now we're talking, but Chase Edmonds has a backfield usage question mark. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be James Conner? Who's getting how many snaps? Miles Gaskin, you know, again, I think he's a good RB2. I just don't think he has that next-level ability of being an RB1, which is why I don't have him ranked super high, even though I think he's a fine runner. Um, I, you know, him and Michael Carter are guys who I kind of like um, in this 25 range. Maybe I'd move them up a little bit higher if I got a little bit more of an idea of the usage. Um at the end of the day, now, Zach Moss, I have a 29. I did my tape study on Zach Moss. I think Singletary's the better running back. So I'm going to be doing a video on Singletary and Zach Moss, a short video on the Bills running backs. Uh, if you don't know, uh, there's been an issue with Game Pass. You can't get the NFL game. You can't get the, the coach's film anymore. I'm going to try and find another way of getting it. Um, so that kind of rounds out. Like in Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, kind of round out the top 31 32 Gus Edwards Trace and then you get to like the San Francisco 49ers running backs where it's like yeah you could take uh Raheem Mostert I but you know I, I don't know how much usage he's getting I don't know how many weeks that's going to be I don't know the injury 
You know, they took Trey Sermon. When's he going to become useful? Tevin Coleman with the Jets. That's kind of a lucky, you know. Gio Bernard, I think, might be going a little underrated in fantasy. So I'd take a take a flyer on Gio Bernard as well. Uh, I would kick the tires on him. Overall, listen, it's going to be fun in fantasy. I'm going to be talking about all these guys for the next month and a half or so before the season starts. Um, I've been talking about a lot of them already. It's going to be fun, the, you know, but running back is the position that makes a difference for almost everybody in fantasy, and hitting it right is going to be important. So if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow it at DraftVice on TikTok as well. Uh, I pop out short videos, the first short videos that come out. Now we allowed to do three-minute videos on the TikTok. I do three-minute videos on some of these players doing independent, you know, player profiles. Check out the player profiles. They are on this, you know, on this YouTube. Uh, you know, go ahead, pull them up. I think it's very much helpful for getting an idea of why I value some of these players in fantasy. Uh, there's going to be more coming out. I'll be, you know, releasing the quarterbacks and the tight ends lists next, and then wide receivers for the 30,000 million of them that they are will be the last position I go over. Running back's the biggest deal, though. Everybody kind of wants to hear running back. Who are the guys you really like on tape? Who are the guys who are kind of scary? Who are the ones with the situations that really kind of freak you out? And this year it seems like there's a lot of freak-out situations, right? Uh, I love Swift. But I don't love, you know, but the situation's kind of questionable. Not necessarily the worst situation. Good offensive line. Alaire, maybe the guy who maybe is getting pushed up the most by situation, and maybe I'm making a mistake by that. But he's not bad. He's really good. It's just like there's other guys there that maybe should be higher. So, but I look at Miles Sanders and I get a little squeamish as well because I look at that whole situation. You know, he's had his own injury concerns as well over the years. J.K. Dobbins. You know, Kareem Hunt, I think people are going to be like, I can't believe you have Kareem Hunt at 16. The thing is, is Kareem Hunt, I think, is the safest RB2 you can have because we've seen the whole situation play out before. We've seen him be RB2 out of the backfield. And we've seen two running backs for a team be usable for fantasy. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara had that. Um, John Stewart and uh, who else was? Uh, a few years ago we had that as well. We've had, we've had multiple years where we've had RB1s. RB one, a top twenty running backs out of the same backfield. Kareem Hunt can definitely be a great running back, even if Nick Chubb is a top three running back in fantasy. Like I said, follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at brojo. Death is in the end of life. Punch it, a delicious drink, a drink of the summer. And tune in next time for where I talk. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.